Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Hi and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier. And with thanks to the Committee for Wyndham today, we're heading off again uh, once more to Vic University. And today to uh, Grant Drea, who's the Deputy Vice-Chancellor, Vocational Education and Pathways. Well, he is at the moment, but he won't be for very much longer. He's moving on to uh, be the CEO of TAS TAFE. Uh, in the 11 years he's been at, uh, at Vic University in the Polytechnic area, he certainly had uh, a hell of an impact. And uh, we're going to talk to him about all the things that have happened in his 11, not all the things, but some of the things that have happened uh, in his 11-year tenure with uh, Vic University, what the future holds and uh, how they've uh, handled the uh, the pandemic in the last 12 months and uh, what that's meant to uh, both the teaching uh, side and also to the students. Uh, so let's get stuck into it. Uh, Grant Trier joining me here on the Talking Wyndham podcast. Grant, uh, welcome to the Talking Wyndham podcast. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Kevin. Yourself? Uh, very good. Uh, you're obviously excited by the, the new challenge ahead of you. Yes, it is a, a new challenge and something a little bit different. I've been at uh, VU for almost 11 years and uh, sometimes it's time for a change. So I'm uh, heading off to Tasmania to uh, take on the CEO role of Taz TAFE, uh, based out of Hobart. Yep. Let's talk about that shortly, but uh, let, let's talk about uh, w- what we've been doing, and that's Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Vocational Education and Pathways at Vic Uni. What exactly does that entail, or did that entail, I guess I should say now? Well, yeah, a couple of days ago. Um, basically, the, the Polytechnic was set up uh, in about late 2014, and it's developed into what is VU's sub-bachelor suite of programs. So the, the largest component of the Polytechnic is no doubt the TAFE division and TAFE is very important to VU. It really is part of our, our, our DNA and our moral purpose and, and we're the largest public TAFE provider in the west of Melbourne. Uh, we also look after um, VU College, which is an international English and um, pathways college. Uh, we've played a big role in um, driving the uh, development of the Werribee campus uh, through through my office. Um, and, you know, VU over the last four or five years has done lots of work on, on in the pathway space. So all of our TAFE programs um, offer really strong pathways into VU higher education programs as well. Grant, you were obviously there with the establishment of the of the Polytechnic. Was, that a, was there a gaping need there or was there just a need to, to actually put it all in the one basket, so to speak? Look, the development of the Polytechnic was probably had um, factors that were internal to VU, but also factors that were external. Um, yeah. The vet landscape is uh, is very very volatile, and and we've had many many policy changes, and VU got caught up in the middle of some of them in around 2012 uh, when we had uh, what we called integrated colleges and. Um, we decided uh, after a couple of years of that that the best thing to do would be to really focus our TAFE provision in a single entity and reform a TAFE division. And, and after some work with uh, a couple of marketing firms, um, we determined that we'd call it a polytechnic um, and we would uh, 
focus on offering our TAFE products plus higher education and um, English programs for international students as well. Uh, that obviously has a curriculum uh, logistics about it, but it also would have, I imagine, just a, a geographic and, uh, and logistics area in terms of uh, having the room to be able to do it. Well, yeah, look, when you talk about logistics, it's um, the west of Melbourne, whilst uh, it's quite compact compared to the east of Melbourne, we, we run programs out of the Polytechnic from our Flinders Street campus through our King Street campus, uh, three locations, four locations in Footscray, Sunshine, St Albans, and two locations at Werribee and a location at Geelong. So um, <clears throat> just the logistics of, of that is big and making sure that you've got the appropriate um, learning facilities to do that is really, really important. And the other um, thing that I, I should mention that we also do out at, that sits in the Polytechnic out in the, in the Wyndham catchment area is the Wyndham Tech School. And I know our director, Gail Bray, has been on the on the podcast before, yeah. but uh, that's also a great initiative that provides, you know, students of Wyndham and Hobson's Bay um, an opportunity for a tech experience driven by STEM and, again, great pathways in, into VU in both TAFE and higher education. It just gives the uh, the students coming through who are sort of, you know, sitting in year 10, 11 and 12, just enormous opportunities and enormous uh, range of things they can now uh, have a look at as, as possibilities for their future. It does. And we, we um, are really focusing on making sure they're aware of what the options are for their careers into the future that, you know, not to be confined by... Um, you know, mum and dad's knowledge of what a career is because <laughs> the world is changing very quickly. Um, and a lot of the things, you know, as, as you know, you read the research, a lot of the jobs of the future aren't even, you know, invented, so to speak, yet. Yeah. Um, and we think by giving kids technical and, and STEM skills that that certainly positions them well to take on new opportunities as they uh, go through their post-secondary education and then uh, wherever they choose to work after that. Has the biggest change in in the system in the last 11 years that you've been at, uh, at Vic Uni, has it actually been uh, the changes happened above the shoulders rather than in a sort of, you know, classroom sense? Well, it's interesting. Um, I, I think you're onto something in that, yeah, the change above the shoulders, it, it's definitely about a mindset, but that um, mindset has then led to massive changes in the classroom yeah. at, at the university um, at, at two levels. I mean, in the... In the polytechnic and TAFE space, um, we've uh, had a uh, an award-winning kind of um, blended learning model that we've had in place for probably four or five years now, and that's going really well and changed very much how we deliver VET um, to our students. And in the higher education space, the the block model has you know probably revolutionised higher education in yeah. Australia. And and again, that that started with stuff in the head. Um, so as you say, above the shoulders, but definitely has gone into practice in, in, in classrooms and, and looking at, you know, VU is very much service, servicing its, you know, constituents, so to speak, and, and our students um, require uh, learning that's a little bit different to some other students in that we have huge population of um, new arrivals and migrant communities, as well as some low socioeconomic areas 
we want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to improve themselves with a really solid and high-quality post-compulsory education opportunity. Is that one of the great misconceptions about, uh, you know, higher learning, if you want to call, uh, you know, even TAFE higher learning, that it, that it uh, is out of the reach of, uh, you know, people financially and, and, and challenges them because of uh, language difficulties and those sorts of areas? Yeah, look, I think that is a misconception. Um, and one of the things that, you know, has been a delight to be part of at VU is, is watching people who come into VU with a 20-week English program and, you know, we have students who 10 years later exit VU with a PhD or a, a bachelor degree or, or whatever. So wow. um, making, you know, we, we talk about, you know, any student from any background and I think that's the thing I'll remember most about VU is the way we've enabled people from, um, you know, new communities and disadvantaged backgrounds to come into the university, either straight into a degree or in through English or in through TAFE and then exit with, you know, qualifications that get them jobs into the future. And for me, that's the future of education is making sure that it, it adds value and that people can get employment at the end of it. Yeah, you're, I mean, you often hear stories about, yeah, we do this. And we do you're actually doing it though. I mean, there's a big difference between talking the, talk the game and actually, you know, making it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, VU was probably the West of Melbourne's best-kept secret for too long. Um, and now people are starting to realise that, you know, they have a really unique opportunity um, and it's sitting here in, in the West of Melbourne and they don't need to travel to get an education that leads to employment, whether that is, again, higher education or vet. And I think that's a, a great thing for the West of Melbourne to have is, you know, this dual sector entity that is very committed to its its communities that it serves. Who would have expected the West of Melbourne to be an education uh, sort of hub? Uh, but I mean, when you talk about how many uh, how many campuses there are in the West, it's quite staggering, really. Yeah, it is quite staggering, and it, it can be quite challenging to get viable numbers on all of those campuses. Oh, okay. But um, you know, one of our our key campuses that we're we have big plans for the future, or they, I should probably say now, Kevin, have big <laughs> plans for the future, is certainly out at Werribee. Um, it's a, an opportunity that VU has, you know, taken note of and are, are planning to, we've really, you know, developed the campus from a TAFE perspective and we've um, done some partnerships with CPP, John Holland and the Level Crossing Removal Authority and a few other large organisations. Um, but now we're planning to to bring higher education programs back out to Werribee in the next 12 or 18 months um, and looking at some quite significant um, infrastructure redevelopment um, should the opportunity, you know, arise through through government and uh, university investment. One of the great challenges uh, in the West has been keeping up with the population growth and keeping up with the infrastructure that's needed, and that's that's been a, you know, an ongoing challenge. Is that a challenge that you face also from an educational point of view? Yeah, well, we can um, we can have a little bit of control about the infrastructure we need for education, and, and we've had good support from um, federal and state governments around that. I think one of the infrastructure challenges for the West of Melbourne's just transportation and the connectivity of the West is is not great. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think the the largest, um, the biggest opportunity in Wyndham for for training and need for training sits in the Tarnit area, but to get from Tarnit to the Wyndham campus is no easy task if you don't have. A, it's not even easy if you have a car, <laughs> all right. But yeah. it's certainly not easy if you don't have a car. So 
I know when we're talking to, to government bureaucrats, it really is around um, how do we get public transport to keep up with development so people can move freely around the west of Melbourne. The uh, the last 12 months has, uh, has made us do a, a lot more things remotely. Education's obviously been a, a massive part of that from, you know, from school, little school kids uh, all the way through to the higher learning areas. How did, uh, how did Vic uh, Uni and the, and the Polytechnic uh, sort of uh, work that out? Look, we made a decision over a weekend in March of last year that we were going to move to remote delivery uh, with, you know, digitally supported and most of our higher education programs are still in that mode except for essential training and activity and a majority, I think, of our TAFE ones will stay in that mode until things, um, you know, settle down a little bit and okay. see what the uh, what happens as far as um, a vaccine and, and, and that goes. But... We, I would say that education's jumped ahead probably five years in the last eight months, um, and the use of technology in education is now being seen as as an enabler and and as a way to Im- engage people and improve you know people's outcomes. Whereas prior to the pandemic, Kevin, I think uh, technology was seen as a way to drive costs down. Um, and if you do it properly, it, it certainly won't drive costs down in the early stages, but it will enable people to continue to study and to access study where they may not have been able to in the past. So, you know, I think we've become quite good at technology. When I th- And BU, naturally, because that's where I've been, yeah. I think have embraced it really well. But I think the education sector across Victoria and Australia have, have done some pretty amazing things as a result of the pandemic. You know, I, for me, innovation is driven by necessity. Um, and it was necessary to do something about it. From a, I mean, you just talked about uh, getting from Tani to the to the Werribee campus, and uh, how you know tough that can be. Uh, the uh, the remote uh, learning uh, uh, means you don't have to do that, which is a, a great plus in some areas. It is, it is. So, you know, I, I know education providers, and I know VU are looking at what what our programs look like into the future, and whether it's the same type of timetable learning activities or whether. More, more is accessed online and when people do come to campus, they might be about almost social interactions and engagements with industry and keynote speakers and that type of thing. So I think you'll see the learnings out of the pandemic impact on education, certainly at a post-compulsory level um, for the next three or four years as, as people um, hang on to the good things that happened, Kevin, but then acknowledge that some of the things we did during the pandemic were out of necessity and, and not better ways to do it. Yeah, so you can't see the, a day when the classroom would be an obsolete part of the, the learning process. Look, I don't think so. I've got a 19-year-old daughter who's um, going to university and one of the things that she complained about last year, she was lucky she completed her first year of her degree, um, but she did all by the first four weeks online and she missed the social interaction. I think there's, you know, especially for school leavers, a bit different for mature age students and we sometimes lump everyone in together. But uh, for school leavers, I think the social aspect is still important Um, and it may not be as much class activity, but I think there needs to be a campus experience and it's certainly for university students and, um, and, you know, for some TAFE programs, but probably not all of them. 
Well, they're finding their way in the world, aren't they? And part of that is is that whole peer thing that happens. Uh, whereas, if you're talking about a you know 35 year old who's gone back to to restudy, they've kind of already done that. They they've been through that. But for the 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds, that's their kind of uh, opening the door to the world. It is, and the more experiences they get, yeah. the better. You know, so so I think it's. I, I don't think the classrooms. You know, obsolete. I think the classroom's very important and the on-campus experience is very important. Um, there might be slightly tweaked delivery modes because, as you said, the 35 or 40-year-old career changer who's already got a couple of kids and a full-time job and works volunteers here and there and um, not having to come to class has, you know, some attraction. <laughs> um, but, but for kids who... You know, as you said, are making their way in the world and they want to experience things and they want to meet people. You know, I, I don't think that um, their expectations of what happens in university and TAFE will change what that about, much. What about from the teaching point of view? Did it did it impact that heavily? Oh, look, I think um, we couldn't speak highly enough of how our teachers adapted, you know, almost overnight to be able to deliver these programs in a remote mode. And I know speaking in my area, we've got some areas that uh, moved into remote delivery quite easily. Uh, we have others that um, it's pretty hard to teach bricklaying on a computer. So, <laughs> you know, they were a little they were a little bit more challenged, um, but they did an amazing job to keep, you know, in the trades area to keep people going. Um, same thing with things like nursing and aged care. There's a, there's a big practical component in that. And, you know, we use technology to do that. But even in some of our... Um, you know, Certificate 2 in English programs, we, we went back to uh, almost an, uh, a remote mode from 20 years ago where we used hard copy books because uh, we have this misconception that everyone has a device and the internet at home, um, and that's not true for a lot of our learners. Um, so, you know, it was challenging, and, and I think, you know, teachers did an amazing job to adapt their delivery models and to support their students. And it was pretty easy to see at the end of last year on some of our Zoom meetings that a few of them were, were pretty worn out. You know, <laughs> it's been a, been a big and very challenging year, but it did impact on teachers and, and on academics and, and on the support areas that, that work with them to, to make sure that students could continue their learning as best as possible. Yeah. Has it, uh, I mean, did, did it affect your numbers? Were there, were, did the people leave the industry because of the, the, the way that it kind of, uh, you know, moved. Well, I think um, because we're dual sector, there was there was kind of two different scenarios in, in the TAFE space. It was very difficult to continue to train as we would normally train um, in in TAFE type courses, and our numbers were affected, and they went south. We've had less people enrolled in in courses, and many people who might have had primary care responsibilities just saying, I can't do this. I've got two kids at home doing yeah, homeschooling and I can't do that myself. So that was one thing. But in our higher education space, I think we had a lot more people say, well, I can't take a gap year. I can't go overseas. I can't do anything. And our numbers in higher education remained really strong right through um, the year and, and, are, and are strong again this year. So uh, you need to be careful when we talk about education and the impacts because it impacts 
not only different organisations differently, but different demographics who study within those organisations are affected differently depending on their circumstances. The future of uh, of the Polytechnic and the and the TAFE side of uh, Vic Uni, obviously, uh, it's a, it's an area that's growing. It's an area that's diversifying, and uh, and what you're offering is is changing uh, almost minute by minute. It is changing minute by minute, which is something we're fairly used to in the in the Polytechnic and TAFE space. Um, I, I think. As you know, Australia and Victoria recovers from the pandemic, and we're not, you know, I know people like to think we're in recovery mode already, but I'm not sure we're going to be there till the end of this year. Um, I think skills based training is going to be even more important, and not just full qualifications, you know, the skill sets and single units of competence just to get people um, back into the workforce or to, to upskill them so they can take on. You know, a job that they might have been doing for 10 years but has changed during the pandemic and the skills base they need has changed. And I think vocational education or TAFE plays a really, really important role in that. Um, and, and we certainly have been gearing the Polytechnic up to be really engaged with industry as, you know, what are the next set of skills they need and how do they want them delivered to, you know, their staff or to their future staff. And, you know, so that's really important and I do think it has a, a, a really positive future. That relationship uh, that you obviously must have at, at Vic Uni uh, with, uh, with employers who are, who are looking for people and, and are identifying to you the areas that, that where vacancies need to be filled, is that a sort of a work in progress there? Well, VU has a really strong placement component in all its courses in, in TAFE and higher education and any, any employer who might be listening who's looking for staff really only has to ring our switchboard and ask to speak to that area. Yep. And, um, and they would be put in touch with students who are very keen to come out and, uh, and undertake some practical placement or clinical placements that, that are happening. But, but for us, um, education and learning happens better when it's for work, when there's work involved in the training. You know, so, so that practical placement component to us is a, is a critical part of the programs we offer, certainly at sub-bachelor and undergraduate levels. Obviously, in, in 11 years at, uh, at Vic Uni, you've seen a lot of change, you've seen a lot of things uh, move. Uh, you're now moving. Uh, tell us about the, the new role at uh, TAS TAFE. Yeah, so I'm going down to, to run TAS TAFE. It's a, it's a centralised TAFE system, so there's only one TAFE in Tasmania and um, there's four major campuses through the state and you could pick them pretty easy being, you know, Hobart, Launceston, Devonport and Burnie. Yep. Um, based out of uh, out of Hobart, but, you know, servicing the whole state and um, working really closely with government and industry on, on what they want to do to skill their workforce. They've got similar challenges to us. They weren't hit as hard as we were during the pandemic, um, but they certainly have challenges. You know, I've been down there for a week last week on a holiday and the tourism or visitor economy sector has been hit really, really hard. So yeah. the recovery of that will be something they'll need, a, uh, I think, the TAFE to, to play an important role in. Um, they've also got an infrastructure agenda, so lots of training required in the infrastructure agenda. Um, for me, you know, the I'm a bit of a foodie and they're growing some amazing food, a lot of training involved in horticulture and agriculture um, and how we turn that and value add that into into products that uh, they can sell overseas. So I, I think it's a really exciting opportunity and um, 
I'm looking. I've had a great time at VU. I've really enjoyed myself, but uh, it's time for a change, and I think this is a good one for me. When you look back on your 11 years uh, at at uh, Vic Uni, uh, what, what what's your sort of proudest? Uh, I won't say achievement, but your proudest kind of uh, recollection when you when you'll get a chance to sort of sit back on on the on and and have a proper look at that. Look for me, I think um, it would be the acknowledgement from the university of how important. TAFE is to it as an organisation. Um, I think there was lots of times during my 11 years when VU wasn't sure whether the TAFE part of the university was, was worth continuing with because it's very it's a very difficult area to, to manage and highly, highly regulated. Um, but now VU absolutely acknowledge that it's part of their DNA. Um, VU have invested in TAFE in a, in a way that, you know, the west of Melbourne should be really proud of. We've, you know, done some pretty amazing work out at Werribee to get things happening again. We've built a new skills and innovation hub at Sunshine. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got plans to expand that and we're looking at how we might be able to service the Melton community uh, better than we've been able to in the last little while. So I think that acknowledgement that, that TAFE is part of the youth DNA, an important part of the university, is probably the thing that I'll leave happy that has happened. Grant, enjoy Tasmania. It's a lovely part of the world. I'm sure you're going to have a wonderful time down there, but obviously uh, you've got a pretty big job to do, so uh, enjoy that as well. All right. Thanks, Kevin. It was really nice to talk to you, and, and thank you to everybody that uh, I've interacted with over the last 11 years. I've, I've had a great time, and I think we've achieved a lot. Well, thanks to Grant, and we wish him all the best uh, for his time in Tasmania as the CEO of TASTAFE. It was terrific to catch up today and find out exactly uh, the polytechnic area and the uh, the TAFE area of Vic University are doing some uh, some terrific work, uh, particularly in the western suburbs of Melbourne. So thanks once again to Grant for his time. Hope you've enjoyed uh, this edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. Don't forget, check out the Committee for Wyndham website page and also the Facebook page, and you can have a listen back to uh, previous episodes of this podcast. Hope you enjoyed this one. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.